That is so funny because that is exactly what happened at our house too. My husband came running in and he was like, oh my God, there's a porcupine in the tree. And I was like, what? I go, don't they shoot their quills? He's like, what? And I was like, hold on. Hey, Alexa. And I asked her and she said, no, that's in fact a myth. But cut to our dog going outside and like scaring it up a tree. And it's like, that dog is going to get some quills on his nose if we're not careful because he'll sniff it out. Yeah. Anyway, gosh, what a tangent. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 157 of the Camino Voice. Today, I speak with the executive director of Stanwood Camino Arts Advocacy Commission. Welcome to the podcast, Kat Olson. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they're going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. Hope you guys' week is going well. Um, we're now fully into the school season and all of the stuff coming back. So hope everyone's surviving all of that craziness and the return of all of that stuff. Um, I know we are. Um, you know, it's all got games going every Saturday and horseback riding lessons and swimming and practice. And so anyways, hope you guys are all doing well to that. And thank you for joining me today. Um, all right. Today, I am back with Kat Olson. Uh, she was back with episode, I think, 66. I'm going to say 66. Please don't tell me I'm wrong. I think it was that. Okay. Um, oh, yes, I think it is 66. Anyways, um, but back then, she was the owner and founder of Co-Host in downtown Stanwood, um, which she has since closed the doors down on um, and has moved on to this new position as the executive director of the Stanwood Camino Arts Advocacy Commission, which is a mouthful, and we will be referring to that as SCAC from here on out, um, for the most part. Anyways, um, uh, that podcast I did with her back in episode 66, um, that was a really, uh, it was so much fun. And getting to know Kat during that time was great to see her optimism and everything to turn co-host, you know, kind of around and completely pivot from what it used to be. Um, and when she was announced as the new executive director of SCAC, I was like, man, they sure stole her because she is fantastic. Um, she's just a great human being. And um, I also love in our interviews that I feel like you really get like two interviews out of one interview because she talks so quickly and so excitedly about so many things that uh, you're just you're just holding on. But um, it's so much fun. I love talking with her. Um, she's also on the uh, Camino Chamber board, so I get to interact with her on a you know semi-regular basis through that as well. Um, so, anyways. We're going to get into what her new position is, how she got started with them, and what SCAC is doing and what they're going to be doing. Uh, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Kat Olson. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today, I'm here with the executive director of the Stanwood Camino Arts Advocacy Commission. Welcome to the podcast, Kat Olson. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. It's a mouthful. Yes. For sure, it's a mouthful. <laughs> So we were referring to it probably on and off throughout the podcast is SCAC. Is that what you guys normally do? I say SCAC. Some people say the commission, the arts commission. We have so many arts organizations here in Stanwood Camino. Um, So however you get there is fine. Um, But I say SCAC. Okay. 
Perfect. And uh, welcome back to the podcast, because this isn't your first time on the podcast. It is not. We were just talking about that. It's my second time. The first time I was here um, was when I was running co-host on the east end of Stanwood. It was an event space, which was really great, um, opened horribly timed um, at the end of 2019 um, with a business model of gathering people together in a small space and forcing them to interact, um, which just uh, pandemic-wise did not go great. Um, We recovered, though. We did a great job. I say we in the royal sense. It was just me, Um, but ended up having Maker's Markets, which was really great, um, really vibrant um, local artists community. And so being able to have locally handcrafted goods all season long, we had really big Christmas um, markets that changed every week. It was really fun. It was a really, really cool thing, I think, for for Stanwood. It was fun. Yeah. And how long did you guys, did you keep it going um, for? Yeah. So so we opened at the end of 2019 um, and then ended in January of 2022, um, just this past year, when I took the job that I currently have as the executive director of SCAC. Okay. Nice. So all the way to the end. Yeah. yeah. So um, for those who didn't listen to the uh, your podcast back mm-hmm. then, um, give us a quick kind of like rundown, a little bit about Cat, like sure. getting to this point. Sure, sure. The long version is episode 66, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to dial it back. Um, I moved here in 2013, at the very end, in December of 2013, um, from Brooklyn with my husband, Christian. Um, and we were looking for a change, and we found it, is what we like to say. <laughs> Um, I worked in corporate jobs um, in the city, and then my husband worked in um, advertising there also. So when we first moved here, he worked at Microsoft, and I got a job at a farm stand, um, and it was great. We had a couple kids, Oscar and Nora, are now kind of school-age-ish. And opening co-host in 2019 was sort of the return to the living kind of thing. You know, (laughs) when you have really young kids, you know, we were just talking about it you know that you kind of pull back a little bit from community and from engagement and things like that. And then once Oscar was old enough to sort of participate in school and sports and and things like that, it was apparent to us that we were missing something. Because Stanwood is just so active and so is Camino, and it has this really vibrant community that you really have to seek out and find and go towards. And so being a part of the business community in Stanwood was really um, sort of the beginning of that process for us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was reminded when I was uh, starting to re-prep uh, for this podcast, you're, you have a very extensive, like, corporate history. Like, you I did do, a yeah. lot of things. Uh-huh. Um, how did that kind of shape into, um, like, through that work time, how did that kind of shape your perspective and stuff like that on business? Yeah, it is just one of those things that when you're... I, when I take my preschooler to school and you look at the wall of like possibilities, here are all the jobs you can have. And there's, you know, a veterinarian and there's an artist with a palette and there's, you know, maybe a business person, you know, those are kind of really super defined professions that you can have. And it's a little bit of like, do you want to be a doctor or a lawyer kind of thing? Like, I don't know what I want to be. And so, and I still don't in a way, you know, because if you had to tell me that I have to do one thing, which is why this position for me at SCAC is so great because you're doing all of the things all at once. But that's a little bit of what I did in New York when I was there. I worked at a pharmaceutical company. I worked at a travel agency. I was a restaurant manager. I worked at, you know, Goldman Sachs. It was just all these different jobs that they just kind of seep in. You know, you get all these little bits of information and you get a little bit of finance knowledge, a little bit of understanding of hair color marketing, you know, like it's just, and I think it builds a really good base for being able to do other things. Yeah. Like when people talk about like, I was an English major and they're like, oh, you're going to be a writer. And it's like, you act like that's the only thing you can do (laughs) if you study literature and and journalism. You know, you can do anything. We write emails all day long. Yes. You know, like it's important to have a well-crafted email. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and I think I think we may have touched on this in the first podcast, but my brother-in-law, TJ, who owns Command Online Coffee Roasters, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> he was an English major. Oh, there you and go. And when I heard that, because I was in mechanical engineering, and, um, you know, it, it just wasn't your standard, like, I always thought, like, English major, teacher, or journalist. Like, sure. it's kind yep. of your options. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking with him the first few times that I actually got to know him really well. And he started talking, he's like, English major, like, everyone is writing. Everyone mm-hmm. is doing these things. And he's like communication is like the most important piece of any job or business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like learning to shrink that down so that they understand what you're saying. And so I've learned a lot uh, over the time being with him. Cause I would send him emails like, Hey, this is what I'm planning to send out to whatever it is. Right. And he's like, okay, but I think you can cut it down a lot. Cause I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Right. And I'm I, like, what? Yeah. And isn't that so interesting that like the more you know about something, <clears throat> the harder it is to explain to other people yeah. because you're going with this baseline knowledge of, you know, when you say artist salon, or you know any of these terms that that folks use, and then you realize that they're not sure. So there's a lot of kind of explaining. Yeah. And so landing in that spot, that's enough information to create intrigue, which I'm sure you deal with a lot here, where it's like, how do we explain everything that Camino Commons is and does? There's Kids Fest, there's the bakery, there's the marketplace, there's the loft art gallery up here. Like, how do you explain all those things without it being like, oh my god, like slow down, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. You know, step one is just come here, right? Yeah. Like check it out for yourself, but. Right. So, very cool. So then, how did you get connected with uh, SCAC? So, I was at co-host, my job, <laughs> last <laughs> July, so July 2021, um, and a parade of business gals came in. It was um, Angelique Leone from the um, Community Foundation of Snohomish County, Rose Olson, a board member with SCAC, um, and Mary Brederick, who I'm sure you know from the Community Resource Center, um, came in, and they were basically doing a little round of intros to sort of the new organization. Um, I found out later that they had sort of looked me up on Instagram and had seen sort of what I was doing at co-host, and were like, okay, that sounds like an artistic endeavor. It sounds, you know, really... um, community-based and that kind yeah. of thing. And so they, they, they approached me and I, as soon as they walked in, I was like, you gals are on a mission. But they came <laughs> up and, and just introduced me to SCAC basically and said, you know, here's what the organization is doing. They're, you know, we're looking to build an art center here in town. And I immediately thought, oh my God, that's what I do. And instead of thinking, oh God, you know, this is going to put me out of business and oh my God, what am I going to do? It was really intriguing that I wasn't the only one that had this idea that there's this huge artists community, which of course everybody knows I didn't invent that, but like that coming together to work together in those ways and that there is a community here that wants to engage more with the arts and wants to be, you know, learning and, and be a patron and things like that. So it was interesting to talk to them about what the vision was from the art, artist side because yeah. SCAC was started by artists. So what was the vision from the artistic side and then what as a non-artist, me, um, how can I participate and how can I help and use my skills from that like plethora of jobs from before, but how can I help to make some of these things come to life? And so yeah. just through the conversation and I have some nonprofit um, experience and things like that, it was like, how can I be helpful? How can I get involved? Yeah. Um, so then when they were looking for an executive director, I found out about that and was like, well, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Why not? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Very cool. So then, um, so for those of because there are there are a lot of artist mm-hmm. organizations and stuff like that within yep. this community. Yep. 
Um, what is SCAC and what does it really stand for? And, and just explain that a little bit more. Sure, sure. So SCAC was started um, back in 2017 by artists from the current arts organizations that are still in existence. Commando Art Association is doing great and thriving. They have their um, their studio tour every May. Um, the Stanwood Commando Arts Guild, which is three doors down from co-host's location, um, <laughs> which is now a Pilates studio. I recommend it. Be authentic Pilates. Um, but so the, the Guild Galleries down there, it's called the Gilded Gallery. Um, so members from those organizations and others got together kind of to coordinate calendars and to see how they could work together and find a common mission because um, there's so much art and there's so much love of it that it can start to feel overwhelming Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. Um, So SCAC was sort of started with that in mind. Okay. Um, Initially the meetings were happening, I think monthly, but at city hall. Um, And so when when they would meet and sort of get together and sort of start this process of figuring out how they would work together, um, they always had a vision of a common space. Okay. So how do we have a space where we can all be involved, all engage, all interact? It's not a this space or a that space and us or them. It's just all of us together. Yeah. Cut to a couple of years ago when a um, local donor came forward with a building and that they wanted to donate to an arts organization. Um, and they did their due diligence, looking around for organizations in the area that were doing good work, um, and came upon SCAC because they were meeting at, um, the, at City Hall. Um, somebody said, well, you know, in the back office there, there is this group that meets. And so they kind of got together and decided on how can we move this organization forward, and that's when they decided to do their bylaws and really form as a nonprofit um, and really do the foundational things that are required. And then hiring an executive director was the next step because it's 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 a lot of the organizations in the area are run purely by volunteers. Okay. You know, Art Association and the Guild are all volunteer run um, and run smoothly. But having an executive director is sort of the next step to that. So yeah. when I started in February, that's was the next step. Okay. So then what has that kind of been for you getting started uh, since February? It's been really exciting. Um, there were some sort of foundational things that weren't quite in place yet, which any new organization does. The 501c3 came through last year, so fairly young. Um, so like getting a website and making sure we had an Instagram account, all that sort of forward-facing stuff. And then also internally, you know, working through budgets and things like that. You know yeah. um, from being on numbers of boards and running a successful business that there's you know the stuff that everybody sees, and then there's all of the other stuff, mm-hmm. sort of like the duck paddling, right? There's the, <laughs> the image, and then there's the little, the little legs kind of going on. <laughs> underwater. So, um, so we've been just working on that, you know, and we right now have, they, they started a program before I started school year, um, programming for an after school program at the community resource center. Mm-hmm. We are starting that again for the um, school year on the 28th. So next Wednesday is our first, and then it'll be every Wednesday at the community, uh, the community resource center in Stanwood. And then we've started senior programming as well. So at, that's at Lincoln Hill Retirement Community. So our education has really been the focus. Um, okay. Because in interacting with art and getting youth involved in families, that's just a really great way. And we have so many artists that want to teach their work that it's just a great community endeavor. And that's even why I'm here, as you know, because we have some of the um, youth art that was created in our summer classes. And we did a Dive Into Color series um, at the Community Resource Center for youth ages 5 to 12. Um, And so we have their art here on display at the loft right now. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just, just, a, just such a sweet show. Judy Fernandez, who is a board member with us and our um, lead educator and head of our programming committee, did just a remarkable job. The, the projects that the kids worked on were really fun, really engaging. They learned about color in a way that's not like, and this is that. You know, not super strict school learning, yeah. um, but really hands-on fun and unique projects. Um, and then the kids were allowed to choose a piece that they wanted to display here. That's so and cool. they found out at the beginning of each class, you know, you're going to, we're going to be in an art show and the kids were just so proud and excited. <laughs> and they, every time their parents would come pick them up, they'd say, you know, I can't take this piece home cause it's going to be in the art show, you know, <laughs> and it's just really sweet. And we opened on, um, gosh, it was a few weeks ago, September the 8th maybe is when we opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids with their parents showing up and just, we had some grandparents show up even without the kids. They're like, I heard my grandson's art is here. It's a really sweet way to continue on this thing. You know, it's not just a summer camp. It's, yeah. you know, we want the arts to be part. We want them to see their work in a professional setting. And yeah. so it's really exciting. Nice. Yeah. So um, so with working with these different organizations, you've got CAA, you've got uh, Sandwood Arts Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you kind of, how, how do you kind of blend everyone together and, and bring them all together? Yeah. So our membership is free. You can be a member of SCAC for free. There are no, no financial requirements. Um, and really, it's just a forum for talking about arts, being engaged with the arts. We have public calls for art. We have a banner project that's currently up. And we did you know spring, summer, fall, winter banners. So SCAC is just an organization that's out there trying to make sure that everybody's communicating to make mm-hmm. sure that we're working together. Um, we're, there's sort of a very sort of new project that I'm working on with CAA and the Guild specifically on art in public places. Okay. So there's kind of all these all these opportunities for us to work together um, and do it in a really conscious and cohesive way so that when you're looking for art in Sandwood Camino, you know where to go. Yeah. And that's not come to SCAC. I mean, obviously we will help whomever whoever needs help, but if there's somebody doing something in community for art that we know about, we want to help promote that too. Yeah. You know, if there's an art show going on at a gallery that we have nothing to do with, let us know. We're happy to promote it. We want there to be a resource where if you like art, no matter what that means, you want to learn how to do it, you just want to look at it, you want to buy it, whatever the case may be, we want there to be a place to go to find out about it. Yeah. So then that being said, then what does your day to day kind of look like? Um, I wake up at six. (laughs) (laughs) I did just start walking every morning and I have to say it's a good one. Nice. It's a good one. I did like it when it was a little lighter in the morning. It's kind of dark and we have a porcupine at my house. Um, (laughs) But that, that might be a different story. Brandon, have you ever seen a porcupine in real life? Yes. But like close up. So when we first moved here, mm-hmm. we didn't know anything about Northwest animals. We okay. just knew about porcupines. Um, and so we were driving down the road. We see one on the side of the road. We roll up to it right next to it. Uh-huh. And then my dad's like, wait, don't they shoot their quills? So <gasps> suddenly we it? roll up the window. We couldn't, we didn't have smartphones then. Oh, okay, like when we yeah. moved up here. So we're like, we roll up the window. We're like looking out the window. We're like, we're going to get shot by a porcupine. <laughs> that is so funny because that is exactly what happened at our house too. My husband came running in and he was like, oh my God, there's a porcupine in the tree. And I was like, what? I go, don't they shoot their quills? He's like, what? And I was like, hold on. Hey, Alexa. And I asked her and she said, no, that's in fact a myth. But cut to our dog going outside and like scaring it up a tree. And it's like, that dog is going to get some quills on his oh, nose no. if we're not careful because he'll sniff it out. Yeah. Anyway, gosh, what a tangent. But yes, so so my, my day-to-day involves um, a lot of interaction with artists, which is my favorite part. Um, because I'm not an artist, but we need to have the interaction with artists in order to serve 
them and the mission <clears throat> yeah. and those kinds of things. So understanding sort of what's out there, what needs to be done. I do, you know, budget stuff and I do um, promoting the classes and workshops that we have. We're always looking for um, new events that we can. We started artist salons a couple of months ago, which is just opportunities for artists to gather together in a casual, non-meeting setting, you know, and really get a chance to, to talk to each other, learn about inspirations, muses, things like that. Really um, just engage in a way that's not another meeting. Okay. Um, so, we, so real quick then, because yeah. I don't think I've heard of that concept, what's kind of that look like when people show up at one of those? Yeah, that's great. So the first one that we had was at Stanwood House, Hyman Yona, who are featured on the Featured Artist Wall, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but they had it at their house, which is Stanwood House. Okay. So Stanwood House is part... Um, museum, part gallery, part studio, that's the, also their home. Um, and Haim gave a brief talk on the gift economy, so the idea of art as a gift that you give, a gift that you receive, sort of how it works in community to have something that's available for community to engage with. Um, and then he and Yona sang a song, which was also lovely. He played guitar. I have a really cool photo of that. I think it's on my Instagram. Um, but we just had probably half an hour to sort of hang out, have a glass of wine, have a little snack, chit-chat. Then we talked a little bit about the gift economy, and everybody said a little something about inspiration. And then we took a little tour of the house, and that was it. So it's just a chance to be together. I hosted the last one at my house, which was lovely. Um, and uh, Galen, one of our instructors, she's teaching these senior classes um, at Lincoln Hill, hosted that one. And her theme topic was um, inspiration and muse. And so everybody that attended brought a little something or an idea of something to talk about as their muse. And so there was um, an, an artist that brought one of those sort of matted frame squares where it just sort of blocks out just a square of space. Um, and, you know, holding it up and seeing like, oh, okay, this is this is how I would paint that. This is what I would include in my little square kind of thing. So just yeah. hearing from artists about what they do. And then also, like, we see each other on Zoom all the time, or we'll meet each other, or like, hi, I recognize you, and you see, see each other for coffee, but you don't get to see part of their process. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's kind of that opportunity that's a little bit looser, but on a theme so that you can kind of interact a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. It's nice. Fun. Yeah, that's very cool. I've never heard of fun. that before. Nice. So then, uh, sorry, you were continuing on in your day-to-day -day of, like, meeting other people and... Yep, and then it's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> There's usually a lunch break. Um, yeah, so I, so I deal... We have a, a wonderful board of directors that I talk to fairly regularly, too, to make sure that, you know, the things that I'm working on are working and serving them. Um, and... Gosh, we are working currently on a mobile art center, which is really exciting. Okay. Um, we are designing, we have Carm Pierce, who you spoke with, at yeah. Built Everett, um, is designing for us. Um, it's in an old, um, uh, what do they call this, toy hauler. So where the back of it comes down and you can like drive a little doodle yeah. or whatever into it. Um, so we're going to reformat that into a basically a gallery studio on wheels. Okay. Um, so we'll be able to use that during construction um, on the brick and mortar uh, art center and be able to use that then throughout because we can take it then to the high school we can take it to the senior center we can take it to the park in the summer we can take it to the beach in the summer or winter and just have a way to engage and interact and reach be more accessible yeah um, i think i was telling you that having the show here the dive into color show and then also the featured artists here on the wall it gives SCAC something tangible because right now we teach classes and that's great and that is in community but unless you're at the class you don't really have something to point to that's like oh this is SCAC and this is what SCAC does. Right. So having 
the gift of having something here, um, and Lydia Crouch, who runs uh, The Loft, huge shout out to her for helping realize this vision, but it really gives the, a tangible space. So we are interested in having more tangible spaces, um, and the, the larger art center will be that certainly for us um, soon, but in the meantime, the mobile art center will be that as well. Yeah, yeah. that's very cool. Um, so then, uh, so you, you keep mentioning that SCAC is working on physical locations. Mm -hmm. uh, can you speak to that at all? Like what's going on? We are on? very excited to share all of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we are actively working, um, with, uh, an architect in Seattle. It's, um, Olson Kundig is the, the Seattle based architect acclaimed and does lovely, lovely work. We're very excited to be working with them. Um, and we are working on the plan and we're hoping to be able to reveal sort of some of those plans in part of a larger storytelling narrative about the history of the, of the area and arts in the area. Area, um, and things like that, and be able to show some plans, hopefully around holiday time. Okay. It's exciting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's soon then. Yeah. Soon. Nice. It feels soon, but it also feels forever away. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, because you guys have been working on it for so long. So long. So. <laughs> I know. And it was, I started in February and it felt a little bit like I jumped on a treadmill that was already going, you know, because <laughs> you're sort of like, oh, okay, yep, let me catch up on these things. And then you just kind of hit a stride. And while you know that you're going somewhere, it does look a little bit like, wait, what's the update? What's the update? What's the update? So we're thrilled to be able to share it soon. Yeah. Very cool. So then, um, so that's that, but that even with once plans and you guys get that point, then you've got to actually do the build out and all that. So you're expecting, do you guys have any idea on when you expect physical location to open? It's going to be a couple years, okay. you know, before we can cut a ribbon. I just went to the ribbon cutting yesterday for the, uh, food bank, um, thrift store, which I think they're calling the mercantile. And it was lovely. And I just, I looked at those scissors and was like, oh, soon, please, please, please. <laughs> so we're all as excited as anybody in the community for it to be that day. And yeah. there will be plenty of notice so everyone can attend. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so then what are some of the things that SCAC has as far as um, you, you've mentioned the artist salon, you've got classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. What are other things that SCAC is doing right now in the community? Yeah, so one of the, one of the bigger things is we have a monthly meeting, um, and that's open to any members. So if you go on our website and sign up for our newsletter um, and mailing list, you'll get notices of those. We have our annual meeting tomorrow, which is super fun and exciting. Um, so that's just a great way on a monthly basis to sort of check in. We try to give as many updates as we can, and then we have a public forum conversation. So, for example, when we were working on the Minimac sort of early concept of, like, what should it be, what should it have, we turned to membership because I know what I would want, and, you know, you would know what you would want in a mobile art center, but does that serve the artists? Does that serve the greater community? So yeah. the monthly meetings are a really great opportunity to do that. Um, the classes and workshops, really fun and exciting, and we're hoping to have more of those. I just met with the YMCA about what their needs for youth and family and senior programming as well. So just so much fun stuff coming in that way. Um, we also have calls for art. Right now we have a call for art going with Discover Sandwich Camino. Do you know that website? Yeah. Yeah, they have um, they do um, blog posts and have a ton of photography on there, and they're looking to ramp up the amount of photography that they have to pull from. Okay. So we have a call for art right now. You can submit up to eight photos. They're paying seventy bucks a photo. Nice. So I mean, I fast math is not my strong suit, but that's over five hundred bucks. <laughs> if you got all eight of your picks, you know, selected, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. We did we did a call for art also for the banners. Yeah. Um, that are right now on that mostly on that Viking Way strip. There's one in front of um, City. Hall, one in front of the new Fast Track HVAC, which also, I could say that all day, Fast Track HVAC. <laughs> um, 
which incidentally, Patricia's amazing. Um, but so there's one in front of there too. So these these banners all over town, and we did a public call for art that for that too. If you okay. have if you have art that you want to submit for these things, so that's another way for. Artists and non-artists, you know, as long as you lived in the zip code for, for the banner project, you could submit. And we have some photography, we have some watercolors, we have some um, some acrylics that all got turned into banners. Um, okay. And then there's sort of the advocacy element, too, which we're hoping to sort of expand on. I spoke in front of the county council um, down in Everett a couple of weeks ago about the arts programming. We received grants from the Snohomish County um, Art... Oh, gosh. Commission. Snohomish County Arts Commission. Um, for the summer classes. Okay. So when they asked me if I'd be willing to give a testimonial to try to increase funding, the answer is yes, absolutely, because we need people that are willing to sort of speak out in the ideas. I just got an email from a parent at the high school asking, like, how can we help get some more art supplies for the fine, art, fine arts students, you know, with budgets being cut, things like that. Yeah. So it is also a forum for if you see a need in the community that you want to have addressed, whether it's more art classes, you want to put a mural on the side of your building, if you want public art inside your gal- inside your office building, you know, I might not be the one to do it, but I can certainly help you figure it out. Yeah. Um, and having those kinds of resources, I'm sure you get questions here all the time about like, what's the be- best beach to go to? Yeah. And it's not because you sell beaches, yeah. it's because you live here and because you know what's going on. And yeah. so part of just the the synchronicity and the collaborative, you know, sort of efforts of this of this organization is that we want to be the ones that people come to to get their questions answered, so that it doesn't feel like an insurmountable task to figure right. these things out. Yeah, well, and we've kind of had that with um, on and off again, I guess I'd say, like with even when it comes to like event calendars stuff like that mm-hmm. in the area, like. People will come to, uh, many of you probably know Jessica McCready, who's the executive. Of course, she's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And she's been, like, part of this community for so long and done so much for Mm -hmm. it. But one thing she always just, like, when people ask, like, well, where do I, should I go for events? They're like, well, you can go to Discover Stanford Command. You can go to the Chamber website. You can go to, you know, the arts website. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not centralized. And, like, we've tried to centralize, and then it gets forgotten or missed, and then it gets undecentralized. But it's that same thing of, like, if there's at least someone that you can go to that mm-hmm. kind of tells, like, can point you in the right direction. Right. Well, and that's interesting help. that you mentioned that website, and specifically because we're talking about the, the call for our for, for, for photography um, for Discover San Juan Camino. When, when I went on to discoversanjuancamino.com just to check it out and see, like, okay, th- this is what, and I did it at Co-host, too, posting my events there. So then I'm thinking about it now with an arts perspective. So I went on and I said, well, how do they have art represented? And they just had a tab that said art. And then if you were a local secondhand shop, you would put yourself under art because you sold art. If you're a tattoo shop, you'd put yourself under art because that is artwork. Yeah. If you're a photographer, it's art. And so I just, I called the city and said, hey, is there a way that we can get some breakdowns on these so that if you're actually looking for a photographer, you can go to photographer instead of going to art? Because yeah. then you're looking through all these other things that don't meet your needs. Right. And Sarah Cho at the city, another shout out, because amazing, she just said, oh yeah, sure. And then she did it. And so yeah. it's like, there we do have these systems in place in Stanwood and in Camino that are maybe underutilized, maybe not utilized to the most of their, best of their potential, and it doesn't mean that they're not, it's not possible. Yeah. It just means we need to sort of like, oh, wait, can we add photography? The answer is yes. Oh, wait, can we, you know, 
delineate in some certain way this, that, the other. And that's also, I think, what's going to end up being the collaborative aspect of SCAC in general, too, is like, let's figure out these systems so that the artists are better served, so that the community is better served, so that we can work together better and understand each other a little better. Yeah. Because there's no reason that these things can't be more easily accessible. Right. Well, I think with that, too, then, are you guys um, stepping in or helping out when it comes to um, maybe not on the actual event level, but like the event planning and stuff like that, because we do have large art events that happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes either getting them off the ground is very difficult. Right. Um, especially when you have people like we have a new, uh, CAA president. So right. like that changes that, you know, Andy that, Bush, shout out. Yeah. So you don't have matter. people, <clears throat> you have people that have done it before, but you don't mm-hmm. necessarily like the president or the main people operating may change out. Yeah. How do you kind of help out in that? that scenario. Yeah, I think support is going to be the big thing. You know, there's there are certain, you know, SCAC is not an umbrella organization. We're not covering anybody. This is not a situation of, you know, takeover or, you know, join and conquer and that kind of thing. <laughs> it's more like, okay, and speaking specifically to, you know, the CAA studio tour, like that is a slam dunk event. It is amazing. Going around to all of the artists' studios in a way that is really um, really tangible and exciting and getting to see where the artists work and those kinds of things, slam dunk. How can SCAC help with that? Maybe we can help provide volunteers to the artists. Maybe a lot of the CAA members are also SCAC members, so there's some crossover there so we can understand how we can better help. You know, there's there's an advantage for everybody to work together in this case. Yeah. You know, and I think that the, the studio tour is a great example of that because if one of those studios on the south end of Camino was open on a weekend it'd be tough to get thousands of people here to go to it yeah but when you have six studios then maybe eight maybe 12 they're going on the 25th year of doing this and you have maybe 30 places to visit over the course of two weekends Mm -hmm. people come out for that yeah so if we're talking about what's competition, what's collaboration, what's you know working together, what's working against each other, I think that as long as it's all supportive and that you're all trying to work towards the same goal, we can be doing similar things at the same time. Right. You know, so it's it's communication, obviously, as you know, running a business is key a number one like do you need help is there something that we can do i need help who do i ask for things like that do you need some help promoting do you need some physical manual help unloading things like i i think there's a a huge opportunity in the area for everybody to work together and sometimes it's just those systems yeah well and that that's another piece to that is the the collaboration aspect and the working together in a common goal because mm-hmm. I do think um, and this is I know this is somewhat generalizing but like there has been a history there of kind of that competition side of like well if, if that person gets something then I don't get something right. how have you kind of not you personally but how has SCAT right. kind of tried to bring everyone to the table and say hey look I know you both do acrylic but like it's still a positive that you are both here on the tour. It's not a negative. Yeah, and we haven't run into that. I, mean, I haven't certainly um, since February um, run into it in that way. I think a lot of what what happens within the arts organizations is there's a there's a there's a shared history of things that maybe happened in the past. Maybe yeah. there was a dispute or an argument about something that happened, and it's always started with. It's long past. It's not a thing anymore. It's not an issue. But and then they talk about it, and it's like, <laughs> well, and you know, and, and you find that in your family too. Yes. You know, you'll just somebody will bring something up from five years ago, and you're like, 
we talked about that. <laughs> we both apologized. Why are you? And it's sometimes it's just to be able to say, like, I know that this happened and that there's this history. Right. Um, so as far as like there are two, you know, two acrylic artists doing similar work that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, if we need somebody to teach a class and, you know, there are two acrylics, they're going to be different styles anyway. They're going to be different deliveries. They're going to be different instructors. Something yeah. about it is going to be different. Um, and, you know, the more the merrier in a lot of ways, right? Like, if you think about literature or music, you know, like, I have my favorites, certainly. But if I overhear something in a store when I'm shopping, it's not like I'm like, I hate this song, I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> like, you just kind of, you don't have to love every piece of art, but knowing what you don't, like as much like aesthetically and it's the same with you know same with wine it's the same with workouts it's the same with anything knowing what you don't like is sometimes as important as knowing what you do like so yeah. you do need to see everything you do need to have sort of a scope to gain that frame of reference if you just focus on the one thing that you like it makes it hard to know why you like it it makes it hard to understand what you may change or be able to learn from other things so yeah, yeah the more the merrier i say yeah well that it's funny because uh I think it was last year, maybe the year before, I told Lydia that, uh, Lydia Crouch, uh, I was like, I am not, like, I don't understand abstract art. Mm -hmm. And so whenever she finds an abstract artist now, she always points out, like, here you go, Brandon. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> what do you think of this? Well, and that's kind of the thing, too, is, like, if you ask the average person, like, explain abstract art to me, it's sort of like when somebody's, like, explain irony or whatever. Like, you just kind of, there's a definition of it, but then there's also just the idea of, like, you know it when you see it, you feel something when you hear it. Like, you know, like there is just that idea. And I think that in creating accessible art, in creating a, a business and a, and a community that appreciates art, it is it can't be focused on the product. Mm -hmm. You can't come into this art show here <clears throat> that features art from 5 to 12-year-olds and say, that one's garbage, that one's amazing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can't do that. First of right. all, it's not fair. It's also, that's not what the kids were working towards. The kids yeah. didn't go into this class <laughs> saying, I need to create something that's gorgeous, that's perfect, that's, that, you know, they were learning these processes. They were learning yeah. how to engage. Then they found out that they're going to be in an art show and they, they maybe did something a little bit different knowing that it would be seen by somebody. And then they got to come and see it on a wall. And it, it doesn't matter really in the end what it looks like. You know, yeah. it's, it's, we need to create a space where you can make mistakes, where you can recover from them, yeah. you know, where, where there's a, there's a sort of an ebb and a flow and an ease towards like, I don't know why I like this thing. I just like it. Yeah. That's also fine to say, you know, yeah. that you can't be wine tasting and have somebody be like, well, I won't sell this bottle to you until you tell me why you like it. It's yeah. like, well, I just like it and I have money to buy right. it. You know, like that should be enough reasons, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, with, with these, these youth coming in to learn art, I mean, before you get something good at something, you have to be really bad at it. There's yeah. that Instagram song that's so great. But, <laughs> you know, like you have to try. And yeah. if, we're, if we're cutting out that part where you get to do things kind of strangely and maybe use your left hand instead of your right and that kind of thing just to get to the part where then you're satisfied with it or you've discovered something about yourself like we can't cut out that middle part and just focus on the result right yeah well and I, I've um, so my son is my oldest son is doing uh, soccer he's nine oh, so you know for him. good for him um, and this is our first time doing like a sport like this uh -huh. and stuff like that so I'm uh, the assistant coach whatever that well means well done um, that's a lot team. of time so, yeah, well, thankfully, he's in, like, the, the only, like, two days a week rather than okay. all five days. Thank goodness. Yes, we're still two days also, but we're traveling. Are you traveling? Not yet. Why? Not looking forward to that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're traveling, like, very in-county, very small. Yeah, but, but still, like, Snohomish, Everett. 
Yeah, we haven't hit that yet. Okay. I think we're like right. Skagit and then, yeah, like all within Skagit, I think, okay. right now. So like right. Anacortes or... Still uh, Anacortes? Yeah. Well, oh we're in Mount Vernon, thank goodness. Thank oh, you live, so. in, you live in Mount Vernon. Yeah, so it's a little easier yes. there. Okay, good, good, good. But, um, but it's that same thing with the, with the kids that were, you know, you're trying to co- coach, quote unquote, mm-hmm. this yeah. team. But like first step is just like, do they enjoy it? And are they going to enjoy mm-hmm. it enough to keep going with yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Because that's your first step is mm-hmm. like, and then like, you know, again, like even with soccer, it's like the basic. It, it's not even the basics. It's like below the basics. But you're like, if you can learn like one piece of how the game works like your team is going to be well above the Uh next team in line yeah so like that's something i keep telling myself like they don't need to know tactics and breakdowns and positions and and, like every single piece of it if they can just spread out and not bumblebee soccer that's where we're at yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and i was actually just talking with my friend who coached high school soccer he said in high school i was still struggling with like Mm -hmm. don't swarm the ball right and so i was like huh so like you just think of these like singular one concept. Like by the end of the season, if we're a little bit better here, yeah, that's good enough. Exactly, and and I'm gonna throw her right under the bus. But my four year old will not play. She wants to get ready. She wants to put her cleats on. She wants to have her shin guards. We get to the field and she holds my leg, and I'm just like, I, we're, first of all, we're missing your brother's game so that we can be here. You're not even gonna go out on the field. And then the coach is like, come on in whenever she's ready. And I'm like, oh my god. But <laughs> the only reason that she's gonna get out on the field potentially next game or next year is because she went to the field every time. Maybe she didn't play, but she stood there. She kept saying, I wanted to go home. I said, you're part of this team and we're staying. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, you know, it feels like really teeth grindy to be like, oh God, this thing, like, why can't you just go and do the thing? But like, she needs to warm up to it. She needs to do those things. So yeah, it's, it's exactly like that, you know, with, with the art and with so many things. And I'm sure with podcasting too, I'm sure this interview compared to your very first interview and sort of how it was even just equipment, but then also like ease and intros and things like that. Like you just have to do the thing. Yeah. You're not going to get better at it if you're not doing it. Right. And you're allowed to kind of not be great at first. For sure. Not that you weren't great. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But it it needs to build on something. You need to build on something. Exactly what you're saying. Well, and, and you know, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but like the arts is a, a great field in the sense that, it provides a, a place for people to try out things and it's okay to fail. And part of, I think, why it's okay to fail, it's always okay to fail, but part of the reason why it's even more okay is because it's not in your stems. It's not like yep. one plus one equals two. Exactly. Like, no There's one not actually, a right answer. Yeah, no one can actually tell you it's wrong. Right. Um, yeah. and people so, have made a lot of money on stuff that, okay, I guess it's not wrong, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, There's not a right answer, so you can kind of explore. Right. And I think... I, you know, it's, I think it's important for adults, but, you know, especially kids to learn that it's okay to fail in things. Because if you get stuck in this rhythm where, mm-hmm. like, it's so detrimental to get an F on a test, mm-hmm. like, then what are we doing? Like, you're right. never going to try and do anything that's worth doing because right. you're going to always do the safe option because, well, yeah. that's what I was taught to do. Right. And the idea of not learning from success. Like, why did something work? It's like, well, I don't know. Was it was it perfect timing? Was it because I did this? What? But then, if something doesn't work, you can say, "Gosh, why didn't that work? Oh, maybe I didn't try hard enough on this thing, or maybe this thing wasn't exactly what it could be, or whatever." Like, you do get this opportunity to understand more about the inner workings of whatever you're doing. Yeah. If it doesn't go great. Yeah. If it goes great, is it beginner's luck? Like, you don't. Right. You have no idea why. Yeah. 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 Um, curious from that is is. What are some of the biggest things you learned through that whole process of working with co-host and doing that whole journey? Because that was an intense, crazy journey. Yes, yes, it was an intense, crazy journey. I, I, I said once that, you know, I, 
I really felt like during the pandemic and when it was really tricky that I was on a treadmill, that I was, to use the word treadmill again, twice in an interview, I don't know why. Um, but, you know, you're just kind of, you're going. You're going and it's running and running and running and running. And it felt like once, you know, the lease was up or if it, we decided to continue or not, that I would just get off the treadmill and be back where I started. You know, like you don't go anywhere when you're on a treadmill. Right. But with this opportunity with SCAC and with the sort of deep, deeper understanding of like what this community is and how ingrained the arts already are and how much the community wants to engage in figuring out how to make those two connect really felt then like instead of being on a treadmill, I was actually walking somewhere. Like, yeah. and at the end of that, there was a door, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that, that the, the process of being a part of the community already, joining the chambers of commerce, understanding sort of meeting local business owners, understanding who's already out there doing the work, you know, watching the mayor walk by, things like that. You know, when you're not in town all the time on a consistent basis, I mean, yeah. and that can be just even going to the grocery store. But when you notice the little changes, when you notice that they changed the banner or that a new business came up in town, just the, the, the constant interaction in a way with the place that you live in, I think helps set the roots that you might want to put down. Yeah. It's hard to do that if, you know, if you're, if you're solely, you know, going to work and coming home, or if you're really engaged just singularly with, you know, another community, which is also great, but it's hard to really be engaged if you're not active in it. Yeah. And so I think co-host was a great opportunity for me and for, you know, Christian and our kids to be a part of what Stan was up to, understanding more about Kameno, you know, it really brought us in. Yeah. Yeah, very great. cool. So then uh, tell me about the pieces that you guys are bringing into the loft. Yes. So we have the Dive Into Color wall, um, which is on the far end when you come up the stairs to the left. Um, and that is all the pieces, a number of the pieces that were created in the art classes by the youth ages 5 to 12. The reason that I'm lucky enough to be here being interviewed by you is because um, Lydia also gave the featured artist wall to the instructors of those classes, which was so generous. Um, Judy Fernandez, who I, who I referenced earlier, um, our lead teacher, um, is displayed on the wall. She has a beautiful photograph. Um, and it is uh, really, I think, one of the only photographs that Lydia has put up. She mm -hmm. generally doesn't do photography. Um, so it's a kind of a little little nugget, a little Easter egg up here for you. Um, and it's a lovely piece. She was our lead teacher. And then she had um, assistants sort of for the, for the four different sessions. She had different assistants. Um, I'm going to list them. Uh, Yona Ben-Levy, Haim Bezalel, uh, Bobby Samples and Tiana Holsey. Um, and so they came in at different times during different sessions to help out, to work with the kids, to make sure that, you know, they were sort of following along, along in the lessons, fill waters, you know, do all those kinds of things and also offer maybe a different perspective. Maybe Judy was um, talking about, you know, here's how we do something and one of the kids was struggling. Bobby could go over and help them sort of understand it a little better. Yeah. Um, so just really super generous of, um, of Lydia to include their work here. Um, Yona has a piece that's and oil, oil pastels. She has two pieces up. They're really bright, vibrant floral pieces. Um, Haim has an acrylic piece that is a horse's head, um, which is just really cool. Um, he told me yesterday what it was based on, um, and I, I think he said it was a relief, um, which is really cool, and he can explain more about that. Um, Bobby's watercolor um, is fruits, which is, you know, one of my favorite things is edible things on paintings. I don't know why. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> like pies and fruits and, and uh, 
candies, and I just love that. Um, and then Tiana has an acrylic piece that is a sky view, um, sort of through the trees, and she has actual constellations in the stars. They're a little bit kind of hard to see, but once you spot them, you can see that it actually is the, like, astrological science night sky. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have to get out there and check it out. It's an eclectic mix because it's, you know, five different artists yeah. with different, different mediums, different styles, um, but a really cool opportunity to see, you know, the artwork of people who helped on the opposite wall as well. Yeah, really cool. that's really cool. Yeah. All right. And then um, what do you see as the future of Skag? I know there's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot. But what's kind of what's kind of your vision? Yeah, I have this, just, and I've talked about it before, but I just have this idea that once the art center is open, doors open, people coming in, I just picture standing at the front desk and having a family come in saying, you know, I'm really into watercolor, and he wants to be a writer, and he, you know, she's always wanted to try glass blowing, and then you know, my youngest thinks that he's not an artist. You know, and then I can say, well, you know, here at the Art Center, we offer these classes, these workshops. We have, you know, these kinds of speaker series going on. But then you can go across the street to Stanwood House and learn about ceramics. Or you can go onto the island to this artist's studio, and she's doing a writer's workshop. Just to sort of be a little bit of a hub for how to connect all the sort of varying pieces. Um, because once there's sort of a beacon to it, once there's a centralized location, I do anticipate it being a community hub as well. Yeah. Stanwood doesn't have really a community center. We have the YMCA, um, which is great and has a large membership, um, but it's a membership organization. So right. how do we have places that are available to the public that you can explore and interact Um and so I, I see the art center being that a way to for people that are interested in the arts in whatever way it is coming and understanding the resources in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Oh, gosh. All right. I'm and ready. some of these are new, so you get the, the new bash now. Okay. From the old ones. All right. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> All right. Ready. What purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? I thought long and hard about this when I finally asked Lydia, and she said, don't forget to mention the cards that you have of the kids' artwork. And I was like, oh, good call. <laughs> so I'm going to say that. So um, we made um, cards, greeting cards, a set of eight out of some of the artwork from the kids here that we're, we have available for sale here and on our website. Um, they're $20 for the pack, and proceeds from that will go towards future youth art classes. Nice. Yeah, so that's a good one. Nice. All right. <clears throat> who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? I'm so glad you said outside of your family because I would have had to name every single person in my family. <laughs> I would say Angelique Leone. Um, she's been my mentor um, as an executive director um, and really helpful in understanding more about the community, more about um, giving, more about how to run an effective organization. She's um, over at the Community Foundation of Snohomish County, so she knows everyone, um, which is so great in the small community that we live in to know who's doing the work that will help you do your work better, yeah. I think is just really important. And I haven't had a mentor in a job um, who has been so proactive and engaging and understanding of, you know, like just those momentary freakouts of like, what am I doing and how does this work? And she's super reassuring um, and really invested in this community also. So I... Angelique Leone, my final answer. Awesome. <laughs> All right. This is a fill-in-the-blank question. Sure. I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. I thought about this one because I wondered what your version of weird is. It can be whatever you, <laughs> however you define it. What's the weirdest thing that you want to do? Weirdest thing I want to do. Um, uh, probably, like, I think it'd be neat to live, uh, like, I think Japan would be cool. Like, I'd love to live oh, in Japan okay. for, like, 
a good amount of time where you get to actually get to live there for a while. Okay, I'll say that. But then also, I don't know. I want to learn how to play the drums. There you go. I don't know why. Wh- I don't know why I think I would maybe be good at it, but I. <laughs> it's also one of those things that's like you're how old and have never even tried. So maybe I'll say that. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> Got to get drum set in the the new SCAC building. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? Well. I uh, thought about this one for a good long while, too, because there are so many people in community that are doing really amazing things. And I I settled on Robin and Richard Hanks. Do you know Robin and Richard? I don't think so. Oh, they are wonderful. And I and I mention them specifically because they're very active in the community. Um, they've done a lot with the Historical Society. They were early um, foundational members for SCAC as well. Um, and they just know everything, it seems like. Um, Richard does a lot of, he's, they're both right, he's a writer and she, I believe, does the, the book publishing and things like that. Um, they were really active in the historical sites tour. Um, Robin, they both came to the um, artist salon that I had at my house, and I did a quick little tour because my house was built in 1902, and so we were kind of talking about the old stuff, the new stuff, those kinds of things. And then either late that night or early the next morning, Robin sent me an old map of what my the property lines were back in the early 1910s maybe and she's like okay i laid overlaid this over that and maybe this was the the name of the guy who used to own your property and it looks like it used to be 40 acres and all these and it's just it's so interesting like i think that if you spoke with them in this format or otherwise you would just learn so much yeah they're just they're wonderful very cool all right and lastly what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self um, I think that I would say that you don't think you do, but you have free time. Like having having kids and a full time job and all those things. Like I just I don't know what I used to do with all my free time, and it makes me think about what currently I feel like I'm lacking, which is um, more time to do civic service. So you I know are on the the Kameno um, Chamber Board. You serve on a lot of boards. You do a lot of this work that is quote unquote for free. It's volunteer. But it is really what keeps the community running. You, Brandon, I'm looking you right in the eye. You are <laughs> keeping the community running. Like, without your service in those ways, it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I am also on the Camino uh, Chamber Board, and I'm excited to be a part of those pieces. And I think that if I had understood some however many years ago at 20, um, that those moments that you can give of yourself in a way that obviously you're in control of. If you only have two hours, if you only have an hour, if you have eight hours, whatever it is, it really makes a big difference in the community. And so I, I I think that I wish I had known sooner the, the, the impact that I could have, um, with just, you know, my general skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, I mean, after we had kids, that was the, we kept talking about that. Like, how, how did we think we were busy before we had kids? I could only spend two hours a day at the gym. I was so busy. It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me on the oh podcast thank again. Thank you for having me. It was really yeah. fun. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Kat Olson for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to kaminocommons.com slash podcast. That's kaminocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.